Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another message for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. This is for Sunday, January 2nd, 2022. My name is Melvin Gaines. Thanks for joining me today for this new message for the new year. I pray that um, the year 2021, uh, many of us are ready to go into a new year uh, right away. We are just very thankful that Jesus is in our midst as we make that transition from 2021 to 2022. Thanks for being here once again. Let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer and we'll get started. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've set aside for us to sit quietly and hear you speak to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your encouragement. We thank you for your teaching. Lord, there are many things that we need to learn and continue to learn for as long as we are here before you. And Lord, we thank you that you have never left us, never forsaken us. We pray, Lord, that you'll just bless us right now as we receive wisdom directly from you, not from my words, but from the words provided through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, this message marks the beginning of a new year, and we recently looked at the importance uh, in a recent message about taking on new beginnings. New beginnings. Um, they are to take on more than just watching the ball drop when the, new year, when the year-end countdown starts or the typical New Year's resolutions that we always talk about every year, which are frankly mostly symbolic in nature. A, be a new beginning often requires a change of your perspective, a change in attitude, a change in behavior to become a new and better you. And that's what new beginnings are all about. Now let's speak about attitude as a prime example. There are moments when, for example, you know you're wrong and it would be wise to admit it openly. It's times like this that you certainly would be wish that you would be right, but everything points to the fact that you made a mistake, and hopefully it's not a big mistake. Uh, of course, you have a choice in this matter. You can readily acknowledge your mistake to someone, uh, or say nothing, hide behind it, and point the finger at someone else or something else for blame. In other words, just play the blame game. Well, hopefully... This is not a description of your attitude. Now, if it is, and we won't mention any names, okay? Uh, but if it is, you have an opportunity for experiencing a really important new beginning. As followers of Jesus, people need to see hearts and minds change as we become new creations in the power of the Holy Spirit. It is rare when a person is seen taking responsibility for his or her actions. And frankly, it's refreshing. In order to take responsibility, you have to check pride at the door and humble yourself. Check pride at the door and humble yourself. This message of a new beginning is about the act of humility. Humility. Humility is an opposition to the desires of the flesh, and it is the doorway to living in a Christ-like manner. 
here's an important point. Humility in action is the essence of godliness and the absence of pridefulness. I'll look at that again. Humility in action is the essence of godliness and the absence of pridefulness. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Colossians chapter 3, and let's take a look at verses 12 and 13. Colossians 3, verses 12 and 13. And of course, these verses that we look at and we will be looking at in this particular message are verses that are uh, largely familiar. There will be some, some that I'm pulling out that will be a little bit less uh, noticeable, but all of these are going to point us in the direction of our behaviors and looking at what we should be doing as we look at this thing called humility. Colossians 3, verses 12 and 13. This is the English Standard Version. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and, if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And that's all about an attitude, isn't it? This is a noticeable an effective, positive attitude change if this is something that you're not practicing. And the Holy Spirit is our change agent. Amen. He's the one that gives us what we need to do this. Humility is a character trait that must be learned and developed over time. It must be learned and developed because we are not, in our own nature, capable of humility. As a child, you were only capable of communicating your basic needs and desires with dependence on your parents to care for you. Now, as you grew up, you had to learn about what was right, what was wrong, how to say please and thank you, and how to be courteous to others. Humility is something that we continue to learn as we got older, and we are still learning how to master it. We're still learning how to master it. There is grace in humility, both for you when you exercise it and for the recipient who receives it. As we learn to master acts of humility, we are encouraged to grow in this area because it is indeed a godly attribute. Take a look, please, at James chapter 4, verse 6. James chapter 4, verse 6. As you know, Scripture points out uh, early and often in many different areas the importance of humility and the attributes of a humble person. James chapter 4, verse 6 says, But he gives greater grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. There's something to look forward to for those who are humble in heart and humble in spirit. And that's God's grace. God's mercy, God's grace, all those things are wrapped into one. 
The Art of Mastering Humility will test six key areas of your life in your quest for godliness and living a Christ-like existence. These are far from being inclusive of everything, that, but these will say a lot about who you are and your growth in Christ. In other words, these are things that people are going to see that comes from you because you have a humble heart. Number one, your honesty, your trustworthiness. Number two, your kindness, which consists of generosity, your compassion, and your forgiveness, how quick you are to forgive others. Number three, your patience, and that speaks for itself. Number four, your perseverance, how you're able to get through from moment by moment when things aren't going so well. Number five, your respect. Your respect for others, your self-respect, and of course your self-esteem. And number six, your self-control, your contentment, and how you control your temper. Now you may have picked up that these virtues are described in Colossians 3, verses 12 and 13. And they describe a number of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Take a quick look, please, with me uh, at Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 26. Once again, very familiar passage, but all the more important here as we look at this study in, more greater, in greater detail. Galatians 5, verses 22 through 26. This is the NIV version. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each, each another. Living a life of humility requires a believer crucifying his own flesh. Period. It is an ongoing struggle, but the Holy Spirit enables every believer with the capacity to overcome any fleshly influence or desires. By yielding to the Spirit, you will best be able to do the following. And here's the first point. Rely less on your reasoning and rely more on your heart. Let me repeat that. Rely less on your reasoning and rely more on your heart. Amen. Humility has a positive effect on your thought process. You will invariably take the approach that extends beyond your own reasoning, logic, and understanding and extend beyond the inherent barriers associated with human thoughts to those thoughts that can come only from the wisdom and knowledge of the Spirit. And that's exactly what we need, especially in times when we don't understand what's going on. We need that type of wisdom from the Spirit. Take a look at what it says here in Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. 
in Isaiah 55, verse 8, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways. This is the Lord's declaration. For as heaven is higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. When we don't understand something, we need to turn to that and look directly to the Lord and say, Lord, I, you know that I don't understand everything, but I'm going to trust you because you have thoughts and ways that are far beyond my consideration. Another thing to remember, too, is that we sometimes have to look at things and <clears throat> see that they aren't always what they appear to be as we go through reasoning and understanding. 1 Samuel 16, verse 7 says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or his stature, because I have rejected him. Man does not see what the Lord sees, for man sees what is visible, but the Lord sees the heart. We really do need to transcend beyond our own way of seeing things and just be humble in heart and allow the Lord to speak to us in times like that. Another thing that humility does is that it helps us to trend less towards anger and more towards peace. Now, in order to understand the nature of peace, <clears throat> you need to go beyond the obvious. For example, no fighting, no wars, no yelling or screaming. Perhaps go to a quiet place, a quiet room. These are all correct responses to all of this, but you have to consider the influence of Christ as you remain humble. Jesus needs to be the influence here. His influence on you in your efforts of humility will remind you of God's grace, God's grace to you and how that grace is extended to others. It helps you to see the whole picture. When you recognize God's grace in your life, you're readily going to extend that grace to others, even during those times when you have every right to be angry. Here's a passage for you to take a look at. Go to Ezra chapter 9. Ezra 9, verses 7 to 9. Ezra 9, verses 7 to 9. If you need time to get to Ezra, you're welcome to pause this video and, and take a look at it, and then we'll resume it, uh, resume uh, play once you're ready to go. Ezra 9, verses 7 through 9. I'm going to be looking at the Christian Standard Bible version, so please follow along in your version. It says, Our guilt has been terrible from the days of our fathers until the present. Because of our iniquities, we have been handed over, along with our kings and priests, to the surrounding kings and to the sword, captivity, plundering, and open shame as it is today. So you see the very mood here that Ezra is writing about. But now for a brief moment, grace has come from the Lord our God to preserve a remnant for us and give us a stake in his holy place. Even in our slavery, God has given us a little relief and light to our eyes. And verse 9, 
Though we are slaves, our God has not abandoned us in our slavery. He has extended grace to us in the presence of the Persian kings, giving us relief so that we can rebuild the house of our God and repair its ruins to give us a wall in Judah and Jerusalem. Now, you see that what's being written here is that you have every reason to be angry about your position and what's been happening. But now you're also seeing the perspective here that God is showing you that you have relief, that there is a different perspective, a different approach. And the only way you see anything like that is when you humble your heart and humble your spirit. This is especially true in areas where forgiveness is necessary. True forgiveness is not on our own strength and ability. It comes only from God himself through the spirit. As God has forgiven our sins through grace and granted us an eternity of fellowship with him, we are to extend the same grace to others and put aside our anger. Take a look at 1 John chapter 3. 1 John 3. And I'm going to go through verses 16 through 22. 1 John 3, verses 16 through 22. These are very, very wise words from John that we need to pay attention to here. 1 John 3, verses 16 through 22. Verse 16, this is how we have come to know love. He laid down his life for us. We should also lay down our lives for our brothers. Verse 17, if anyone has this world's goods and sees his brother in need but closes his eyes to his need, how can God's love reside in him? Little children, we must not love with word or speech, but with truth and action. Amen. This is how we will know we belong to the truth and will convince our conscience in his presence. Even if our conscience condemns us, that God is greater than our conscience and he knows all things. Then verse 21, dear friends, if our conscience doesn't condemn us, we have confidence before God and can receive whatever we ask from him because we keep his commands and do what is pleasing in his sight. Notice the reference to conscience here. The Holy Spirit will tell you if you're on the right path and if you're not on the right path and will make correction for you. So when you know that you are working and acting with God, in a clear conscience, you can move forward with confidence. And that's what humility does. You're acting with a humble heart before God, but you can move forward in your life with confidence that God is with you and he's holding on to you as you go. Another important point about forgiveness, Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15 the Christian Standard Bible version says, For if you forgive people their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offenses. And I like the way this version states it in the Christian Standard Bible. Offenses. These are things that we do all the time. And if we don't forgive others, 
then we don't really deserve God's forgiveness. A humble heart changes our attitude, changes our focus in this area. Don't let your harshness that comes from an unforgiving spirit ruin your testimony before Jesus Christ and others. This is an area that's a stumbling block to many believers because they are failing to grasp the immeasurable grace that God has bestowed upon them in forgiveness for their own sin. We are so quick to forget about how God has forgiven us for our sin and that we have eternal life because of that very forgiveness by trusting in him. As you grow and learn more about God and this grace, you're going to be less resentful. You'll be less angry. You'll be more ready and willing to extend grace and forgiveness to others. And that's exactly where we have to be as a people. We've got to extend that grace to others. It's an area that all of us need to work on. And it starts with humbling yourself before God and before others. This also applies to how well you esteem yourself before God. Satan's going to trick believers into thinking that they are forever inadequate before God. When God assures us that we are made righteous before him, when we confess our sin and trust that he is true to his word, God is always true to his word. He doesn't change. He never changes. 1 John 1, nine says that we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now that's something you just have to believe. Satan's going to try to make that verse seem false in your mind. Allow the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to bring it back to mind if you ever have a struggle like that. Remember, Satan's already defeated. Don't play as if you're on the losing side. Jesus has the victory. Take a look at Romans 8, verses 1 and 2. Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. This will be the Christian Standard Bible version. And some of the modern versions of Scripture just do a really good job of getting to the heart of the matter when it comes to speaking our language. Romans 8 verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, because the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. John 8, 36 says, those who are free in Christ are free indeed. And that's the way we need to live. A humble heart helps us to see all of these truths as they're being revealed to us, as the Spirit reveals them to us. And a final point to keep in mind about humility, it's not about, you have to know that it is not about you and it is more about Jesus. That's what humility does. It's not about you, but it's more about Jesus. Your relationship with Jesus Christ should be far more important than those things that would keep you from living a life of humility. 
your ego, your reputation, your adversarial relationships, and, and some of us have adversarial relationships, your finances, or anything that has an adverse effect on your relationship with Jesus. Take all of those things into account. A humble person is a godly person who is secure and content in himself, in his relationships, and acknowledges a dependence on Jesus Christ. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to 1 Corinthians 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. We'll take a look at verses 5 and 6. 1 Corinthians 8, verses 5 and 6. This is the New American Standard Bible Version. Verse 5, For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is only one God, the Father, from whom are all things, and we exist for him, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we exist through him. Amen. I love how that verse plays out as it goes forward. We can create in our own minds many gods and many lords, but we worship and serve one God, the Father. And we worship and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Our very existence is because of him. Turn now to Philippians 4, verses 12 and 13. I'm going to read the English Standard Version. Philippians 4, verses 12 and 13. I want you to listen to this very carefully. <clears throat> because different versions have different ways of stating the same thing, obviously, but I like the way this one is given to us here for us to consider. Because all of us understand what it is to be humbled before others and yet to be elevated and lifted up. Philippians 4, verses 12 and 13, English Standard Version. Verse 12, I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of pl facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him, being Jesus Christ, who strengthens me. A little bit different perspective when you look at those two passages together. We've been through those moments where we've been humbled to perhaps embarrassment or humiliation. And we also, those triumphant moments, those moments when it just seems like everything is just soaring before you. But we need to recognize that even through all of that, it's Jesus Christ who gives us strength and helps us through those opportunities, those moments. 1 Peter verse chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. 1 Peter 5, verses 6 and 7 uh, states, Humbles yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your cares, 
on him because he cares about you. We're reminded that sometimes we have to wait for God's timing. He will indeed exalt us. We, we sometimes want relief right away. But God knows in his wisdom, him being in the moment just like you are, that there's a proper time for you to be exalted. We just need to be patient and wait on that time. Now, above all, humility is necessary for a person to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. In order for you to have a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, which I trust that many of you do have, you had to humble yourself to get to that point. Acts 2, verse 38, in the Holman Christian Center Bible version, said, Repent, Peter said to them, and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The whole act of repentance, the whole act of you recognizing who Jesus Christ is, that's all about being humble. In order for you to ask for forgiveness, you have to humble yourself. In order for you to turn from your sin, you have to humble yourself. And amen to that. But that's what God gives us. He gives us that opportunity to do those very things for us to recognize his salvation and eternal life. And that God wants us to experience this with him. Turn to Psalm 149. Psalm 149, verse 4. We have to understand that the God that we serve is a loving God. <clears throat> and I think that we can see this just by the, the different ways he tells us this in Scripture. Here's another version of this. Psalm 149, verse 4, Christian Center Bible version. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. Amen. And salvation, of course, even though it's a humble act, it does require focus. It does require us to do certain things. Go to Romans 10, verses 9 through 12. For those of you who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, it can be very difficult or very simple for you. But it starts with a humble heart. And it starts with you recognizing that you need someone other than yourself. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 12. This is the Christian Center Bible version. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10, one believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, everyone who believes on him will not be put to shame. That's actually a quote from Isaiah. Since there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, because the same Lord of all richly blesses all who call on him. Amen. There's no favoritism here. Everyone who believes on him will not be put to shame. Amen. All people, doesn't matter where you come from, where you've been, or where you're going. It all applies. A humble heart gets the whole thing started. And let's look at one more passage. James chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. 
James 4, verses 7 through 10. And this will be the English Standard Version. James 4, verses 7 through 10. When you humble yourself before God, you have to submit yourself to him. It says in verse 7, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. And this is all about your attitude here that James is referring to in the passage. He's talking to those Jewish believers, those Jewish Christians, that for whatever reason they feel as though they need to uh, act a certain way or call themselves more superior to others because they have inside knowledge where James is telling them, hold on a second. Humble yourself before the Lord. Wipe that smirk off your face. Submit to the Lord. Resist the devil. Don't camp out with him. Recognize that a humble heart requires a total change in your fleshly behavior. And it requires you to recognize Jesus Christ as the reason for hope, for love, for your very existence. Start your new year with a refreshing new beginning. Humble yourself before the Lord Jesus Christ and watch how, when you do this, he affirms you more and more each day. Father, we thank you for your teaching. Lord, we want to start off the year in the right way. May we do so with humble hearts and recognize that we are here today, right now, because of you. We thank you for your loving kindness. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your teaching. We thank you for your instruction. We thank you for your reassurance. Lord, we just want to take those steps necessary to allow the Spirit to speak to us more and more as we move about. We thank you again, Lord, for your loving kindness and your presence. Thank you for teaching us the importance of a real attitude change as we move into a new year, a new beginning in humility. We thank you and give you praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Hey, thanks so much, everybody, for joining us today. May the Lord bless you and keep you in this new year. At this new time, things are looking up. Stay positive, stay focused, and stay humble. Amen. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you next time.